What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, here we are. We are getting ready for another Miami Dolphins football game. It's the Tennessee Titans coming up. The first actual home game of the season for the Dolphins. And uh, I've, I've made the decision that I am I'm turning the page. I'm coming in with a clean slate here. And uh, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm not going to go into this game and expect the Dolphins to put up another goose egg. I'm, I'm going in with a clean slate and a clear mind. And maybe that's a mistake on my part. But I'm, I'm deciding to take a, de- I'm taking a decidedly optimistic route here as we head into the Dolphins' fourth game of the season against the ailing Tennessee Titans. I mean, you can't really say, I mean, I understand that you want to be optimistic and you're turning the page and maybe you feel good about the Dolphins' chances to win this week. That's all well and good. You can't really be saying that you have a clean slate, though. Like, are you going the the Adam Gase route? They're, they're zero and zero. Well, um, I'm just going in and I'm saying, let's just, let's, uh, let's just see where it takes us. Let's, let's. You know, not let the last two weeks weigh too heavily on me. Uh, this is an opportunity for the Dolphins to come home, play an actual home game in their own stadium, and this is an opportunity to essentially start anew. I'm not saying they're zero and zero. There's still certain things that we've already learned here, but the fact of the matter is, this is a uh, this is a chance. You know, it's a you know, in a manner of speaking, it's a clean slate. You know. One of our six, or no, it, it's seven home games because we do have, uh, we did, we do still, in fact, have the Tampa Bay game. It's just where our bye, bye week should have been. Uh, but you know, it's a big day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's certainly uh, reason to be excited if you're if you're down here, and it's reason to be optimistic. Maybe this, you know, turns the season around. We saw the team start one and three last year, or one and four last year before they turned it around. I'm I'm optimistic about this week, but I don't come at it as this is a clean slate. I come at it as this is a must win because when you look at the schedule, the soft part of the schedule is the beginning of the schedule, and we're almost done with that. The, the expectation was the Dolphins needed to start at the very least three and one a really good through games or you know or or they needed to start four and one because you, you were looking at the the bucks game as being the opener and when you looked at you got the bucks the chargers the saints the jets jets don't forget and the, the jets and, and the titans you had to feel like if you were going to be a playoff team i mean at the very least you'd have to be three and two but really, you'd want to be four and one because you still got two games left against the Patriots. You still have to play uh, Denver, Kansas City. You still have to play Atlanta. Uh, you got a lot of tough games still left on the schedule. 
Uh, you still got to play a Baltimore team that, even though they they haven't looked great this year, has owned the Dolphins in the past. Uh, the, you got a tough schedule left to play, and you thought you really need to take care of business early on. And it was a great start by beating the Chargers, but losing to two teams um, – you know, the Jets game, that's almost inexcusable. And then, you know, the Saints game, it's okay. But to lose the way that they did really doesn't inspire any confidence at all. And if they lose to this game to Tennessee, a team that, let's face it, we, we don't think that the Dolphins are winning the division. So, uh, the you know, what they're going for, the goal is to be a wild card team. And so the Titans are one of those teams that they're going to have to to battle against for for that wild card spot. You know, they got to win this game. And if they don't, look, they're 1 and 3 and I know that they were 1 and 4 and they turned it all around last year. But last year was very fluky. Last year was very fluky in that the schedule is very soft. They still were very lucky to win some of those games that they won on that long winning streak. And there were excuses and there were reasons, legitimate reasons. Not I shouldn't even call them excuses. There were legitimate reasons that the Dolphins were one and four last year. A lot of it had to do with injuries on the offensive line. A lot of it had to do with the schedule. I mean, you, you played in those first five games, you played the defending AFC champ and the defending NFC champ, you played a team that before they got ravaged by injury, a team in Cincinnati that was considered a playoff team. It was a difficult stretch to start last year, and you added on the fact that they had a new head coach, a new offensive system, injuries on the offensive line. You could understand that team getting off to a slow start. This team brings back almost the entire roster, and yes, they've had some injuries, but it's almost the entire same cast of characters minus the quarterback. And the quarterback, they specifically got because he knows Adam Gase's system, so there wasn't supposed to be this long learning curve. So if they go out and lay another egg in this game against Tennessee, I'm... I'm pretty much ready to say, look, this is not a playoff team. And beyond that, I'm ready to make wholesale changes to give up on the short term and benefit the long term. And that means trading guys. So that means possibly trading a guy like Jarvis Landry? Possibly. Uh, it depends what the uh, what the offer is, but I'm not even thinking Jarvis Landry because I think Jarvis Landry that I think he's a really good player who's in the prime or just entering the prime of his career, and that's not the kind of guy that I want to give up. Well, let's hold off on dive on doing a deep dive into okay. what what we would do if the Dolphins lose to the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I'm let's, just getting I'm just preparing listen, for the I, inevitable. Yeah, listen. Uh, yeah, we could we will have plenty of time to have that discussion if the Dolphins do in fact lose this game on Sunday. But as it stands, the game hasn't happened yet and 
it being the Dolphins' first home game, you think maybe there's a good chance things could be working in their favor. And I guess the biggest thing that would sort of, I guess, tilt the playing field a little bit into the favor of the Miami Dolphins would be whether or not Marcus Mariota is fit to start on Sunday for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, We're getting reports that he was limited in practice today as we record here on Thursday evening. Um, my gut tells me that he's probably going to play, although he may not be a hundred percent. So it, he may not be quite as mobile as he would normally be. Um, if for some reason he can't go, it's Matt Castle at QB for the Tennessee Titans. So how, how does the, just the quarterback situation affect the outlook of this game, Brent? Well, it's huge. Uh, their backup quarterback right now is Matt Castle, who is, you know, just, I mean, granted, Josh McCown tore, tore the Dolphins up. So, I mean, if McCown can do it, I suppose Castle could do it too. But this is not, uh, it's, it's not a uh, high-powered offensive attack. Um, it's, it's really, it's a running attack. That I mean, the Titans were have been one of the best running teams in the league. They were last year, and they have started out this year same. They're I believe second in the league in rushing yards per attempt. Uh, it's a great offensive line. They destroyed the Dolphins on the ground in last season's matchup. But part of what makes them more difficult to stop is having a quarterback in Mariota that not only can get it done with his arm, but also can get it done with his legs. And that keeps line on it, keeps defense ends honest. And that really benefits uh, the running game. It, it benefits their, their backfield of DeMarco Murray and, and Derrick Henry. So him being limited, uh, even if he plays, if he's not a hundred percent, I think it's a huge advantage. And, Really, all you have to do is look at the last two matchups between these teams to understand that. Because last year with a healthy uh, Mariota, the Titans won in Miami 30-17. to The year before, a Dolphins team that was off to a horrific start and fired their coach went to Nashville Mariota got hurt very early in the game and played the rest of the game with a bum ankle and the Dolphins teed off on him and won 38 to 10. The Titans, not a very good defensive team. I mean, this is the third week in a row now that the Dolphins are playing a defense that is well below average. So this is another chance. And honestly, if it doesn't happen this week, it might never happen. But this is another chance for the Dolphins offense to right the ship and actually show what many of us thought that they would be, which is a very, very good offense coming into this season. Yeah, the stats certainly don't show it at this point. The The Dolphins are currently last in the NFL in points per game, 8.3, yards per game, 249, yards per play, 4.2, and third down conversion, 21% conversion rate. Well, I'll also say, Those you are know, a lot of times, numbers. you know, 
what what would help the Dolphins immensely is getting off to a fast start in in this game because the Dolphins even in their win did not lead until I believe the last possession of the game <laughs> you know when they drove down and took the lead and then and then the and then allowed the Chargers to drive back all the way down the field before missing the field goal and then they trailed the whole way against the Jets they obviously trailed the whole way against the Saints. If the Dolphins can get off to a fast start against, uh, you know, a not very good defense in Tennessee and they can play ahead and make a Tennessee team that wants to run the ball, especially with a hurt quarterback, they definitely want to lean on their running game. If if the Dolphins can make the Titans one dimensional, th- this could be a very favorable matchup for, for the Dolphins. Uh, but if that's going to happen the offense has to get right and it's it's an opportunity to do so it's just at this point it's it's now or never this has the potential of being one of those games that goes by pretty quickly because we know that the dolphins are going to try to run the ball and they're going to try to run the ball a lot and uh the titans seem to be a team that are probably going to want to run the ball a lot as well. The, the question is, are the Dolphins finally going to be able to do that? Are the Dolphins finally going to be able to get something going on the ground? Well, I've got bad news in that regard. Um, this Titans defense, while it's below average, if there's one thing that they do well, they've defended the run pretty well. This is... Another example of a situation where the Dolphins, it might be, I know that they want to run the ball. It's very obvious that they want to run the ball. They should want to run the ball. But sometimes you need to pass the ball to allow yourself to run the ball, to open up the passing, I mean, to open up the running lane. And if I'm Tennessee, seeing what I've seen from the Dolphins the last two weeks, When the Dolphins haven't been able to run the ball, they have sucked. They have scored six points over the last two games, and all six came on a, you know, an end of game garbage time drive against the Jets. When, if, so if I'm the Titans, I'm coming out and I'm saying, look, I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to stop Jay Ajayi, and that's going to be my game plan until the Dolphins force us to do something else. And so, Either the Dolphins are going to line up toe-to-toe and say, look, they know we're going to run the ball and we're going to run the ball anyway, or they use those weapons that they were so highly touted coming into the season, and they come out firing the ball, you know, throwing the ball, using Jay Cutler, using Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, Julius Thomas. I don't know if they're going to do it because they've been very conservative, very vanilla over the first three games, but you know, it obviously hasn't worked out. And if you're going to change it up, it would seem like that's the change to make is to come out and, and throw the ball. So, uh, I think that that's the way to approach this on the flip side. While the dolphins defense has also struggled against the pass. One bright spot on the team has been dolphins who were terrible defending the run last year have actually been really good at defending the run this year. And that bodes well for them in this matchup because that's what the Titans want to do. And like we said, with a uh, an injured quarterback that could be limited with 
not great weapons on the outside with with the Titans. Um, you know, this could be a manageable matchup for the for the Dolphins secondary and the Dolphins defense in general. I guess if there's one player on the Dolphins that can really be the guy who sort of makes that difference for the team, at least, you know, on the offensive line, who who is it going to be that's going to make the difference in the run game? Is it going to be a, a situation where Mike Pouncey actually gets his act together and plays a much better game? Or is it a situation where it's going to be Jay Cutler f- steps into the zone? Is it going to be a situation where Adam Gase finally gets it gets it right? What What is the deal going to be? Well, two things come to mind. Number one, when it comes to the offensive line, it's got to be a collective unit. Because when it comes to the offensive line, all it takes is one guy not do- doing his job, and it blows the entire play up. Um, but Mike Pouncey is definitely the guy when it comes to, to run blocking. Um, you know, the numbers, uh, from last season, uh, the games that Pouncey played versus the games that he didn't play, the Dolphins were averaging like a full yard per carry more per rush. And then the rushing yards per game, it was like 30 more yards per game. And then, you know, like eight or nine more points per game. So his effect was huge last year. One thing that I noticed, so the Dolphins came out. On week one, and they ran the ball extremely well against the Chargers. And the offense in general it looked pretty good. It looked like they were a little bit held back by some play calling. And they kind of self-destructed when they got into the red zone. But they really didn't have much of a problem moving the ball, uh, at least in the second half of that game. They pretty much moved it at will. Then they held a lot of key players out of practice against the Jets. The idea, you know, anybody with minor bumps and bruises, we're going to hold off on them, on them practicing so much, um, hold them out of Wednesday practice, hold them out of Thursday practice, give them a full practice on Friday. They came out against the Jets. They laid an egg. They kind of did the same thing against the Saints, you know, holding some guys out of practice, not, you know, they guys coming in practicing on a limited basis and then you had the flight all the way across the pond and they laid an egg again this week everybody's been pretty much a full go at practice and i wonder if we haven't seen a little bit of a change in strategy on adam gase's part as far as preparation saying look if you can practice we need you to get out there because we need to fix the things that are not working right now and maybe Maybe having a full week of practice makes a big difference for these guys. I don't know. I mean, right now we're grasping at straws to try to figure out the answer problem because the Dolphins have been the worst offense in the league so far this season and have been pathetic the last two weeks. So maybe there's your answer. Maybe it's practice time. Yeah. Well, let's let's find out what it is. Give us your prediction for this game, Brain. So I have been really down on this team (laughs) and have really criticized them. I hammered them after the Jets' loss. Uh, I really hammered Coach Gase hard this past week, whether it was on our reaction show uh, following the game on Sunday or my article that that dropped earlier this week, uh, you know, in, in reflection of that Saints game. I think that this is now or never. For, for this team this week. Uh, either they turn their season around 
with the home game, with a favorable matchup, or this thing doesn't turn around, it spirals out of control, and this season is virtually over after this Sunday. I still think that at the very least, this is a mediocre team, not a bad team. And this is a game that I think a mediocre team can win at home. So even though they are one and two and have looked horrendous and I have picked them to win every single week. And this is, this would be week four in a row that I would take the dolphins to win in spite of them looking bad, which would make me seem like a total Homer, which I profess not to be. I think the dolphins do it, but if they lose, if they lose this week, I'm done picking them to win, but I'm picking the dolphins to win and I'm going to say they win it 23 to 19 Miami. There it is. There's the brain's pick. I'm going to be much more optimistic than you. Much more optimistic than saying the Dolphins are going to win by four? Yes. This is amazing. The Dolphins are going to win this game by a score of 34 to nine. Get hyped. It's happening. <laughs> so what, what's the spread on this game? That's a good question. I'm going to look this up right now. Why don't you look it up? And while you're looking it up, I'm going to tell the people that it is time for This Week in Dolphins History. For This Week in Dolphins History, we're going to go back, all the way back, to October 2nd, 1994. Brain, do you know offhand the significance of this date? October 2nd... 1994 Mm -hmm. feels like, I don't know, maybe, maybe is that the game where Marino hurts his Achilles? No, it is. In fact, I'll give you a hint. It was a game between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, (laughs) the fake spike, right? No, not the fake spike. Or was that that the Jets? That was the Jets was the Uh, fake spike. 94 against the... All right, just lay it on me. The significance of this game, it was the first ever father versus son coaching matchup in pro oh. football history. And in fact, it was it was believed to be the first ever father versus son head coaching matchup in any of the major American sports. Don Shula's Miami Dolphins took on David Shula's Cincinnati Bengals on October 2nd, 1994. Did they lose that on a on a Doug Pelfrey field goal? No, in fact, the Dolphins won the game twenty three to seven, and where totally. and there was there was a lot of drama on the sideline as at one point in the fourth quarter, Mark Ingram, Keith Jackson, and Irving Fryer were seen on the sideline being very upset because with the Dolphins up twenty to seven late in the uh, you know late in the game. Uh, the Dolphins had a third and nine at the Cincinnati 15-yard line. And rather than going for the first down or going for the touchdown, the Dolphins opted to uh, do a little shovel pass to set up for a field goal from Pete Stojanovic, which he would make to give the Dolphins 23-7 to lead. That was the same score they would win by. But uh, apparently Fryer, Jackson, Ingram were upset that the uh, that the Dolphins weren't trying to 
get more points, weren't trying to be more aggressive. And, and the concern was that maybe Don Shula was going easy on his baby boy and trying not to run up the score. Um, whether or not that was actually the case remains to be seen. But- well, that was before the the two the advent of the two point conversion in the NFL. So I mean that made it a three score game, right? But or I, I guess it I guess it didn't. It made it. It was twenty. Well, what was the score? It was twenty. It made it. It was twenty to seven. So it was a thirteen okay, point yeah. game. So yeah, I mean, made it a three score game. And they put did the what game they needed away. to do. That's right. They did what they needed to do. Um. Anyway, uh, Cincinnati ended up going and starting off zero and eight that season under David Shula before finishing the season three and thirteen. Uh, but uh, it was not ultimately a successful reign for David Shula in Cincinnati. He ended up with a a, a career record there at nineteen and fifty two. So this was not during the glory years of the Cincinnati Bengals, to say the least. Um, of course, we know how things went. For Don Shula, uh, David Shula was quoted during the game or after the game of saying, once the game began, there was no thought that dad was the opposing coach. There were just too many other things to think about. Don Shula afterwards said, this is all about team. You can't ever think about anything individually. My responsibility is this football team and Dave's responsibility is his football team. He does the best job he can and I try to do the best job I can. We were just the better team. Which uh, goes without saying, the Dolphins would finish that season ten and six, uh, winning in the wild card round before losing in the divisional round, twenty two to twenty one, to the San Diego Chargers. So that is our weekly this week in Dolphins history segment. Brain, do you have the line on this game? The Tennessee Titans are a one-point favorite on the road in Miami. Fantastic! Well, you got it. They're given one point. Yeah, so it's it's basically so basically a pick'em here. It's basically a pick'em. Basically, what what Vegas is telling you is that uh, the Titans are are four points better than the Dolphins, but the game is in Miami, which usually means three points to the home team. Well, there it is. Like and my, you're saying the Dolphins absolutely blow out. 34 to 9. Devontae Parker's wow. giving you 30 fantasy points. Well, I would love that. So would I. So would I. All right, Brain, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain, and can find me writing on dolphinsreport.com. Follow uh, follow uh, at Dolphins on Scout. And you can follow me on Twitter at Amplify to Rock. You should also be following the show at Same Old Dolphins. Uh, and you should also be following Bad Bruno, who gave us the uh, fantastic theme song that we use on the show. So uh, follow them at Bad Bruno Punk. Don't forget to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. We uh, really do hope that you would just take a few moments to leave us a review or a comment. Um, it really helps us out as we uh, work to improve the show for all of our fellow Dolphins fans out there in the world of the internet. How about that? <laughs> Sounds a mouthful. Yeah, it's 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 quite a bit. But it's getting late here. I think it's time to shut it down. So uh, 
We're going we're gonna to watch this game on Sunday. We're going to be excited. We're going to see if the Dolphins can score some touchdowns or score some points before the last <laughs> drive of the game. We'll hope that they can uh, get something done. You know, listen, they've only got two touchdowns all season. I'm predicting they're going to more than double that total uh, just in the game on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped up. I hope that you are pumped up too, Brain. And I hope that all of the Dolphin fans out there are excited as well. So for Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, it's everybody. now or never. Jesus, really? Is that, you're going you're gonna to screw up my ending with that? Oh, yeah, it's now or never. Elvis, the king, baby. Go Dolphin.